Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we concluded our series, What Makes Community Work? And Pastor Brandon talked about the importance of joy. Today, I'll be joined by Brandon to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right, well, I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, welcome. Hey. Well, this is really cool, a little different than normal in a sense that it is Sunday afternoon, (laughs) literally right after both of our services that uh, we're recording this podcast. So I thought it'd be a cool opportunity before we even get into the message for this Sunday to kind of just share, like, what are you feeling (laughs) right now? You know, I think a lot of, a lot of people don't know what we have to kind of, the emotional toll Mm -hmm. that it could take and kind of what it's like uh, to prepare a message, give a message. So, you know, I'd love just to kind of hear your perspective on kind of what you're feeling right now. Yeah. After writing all week, practicing, you know, and now giving it here today. Yeah, it is a really weird feeling because, I mean, the the dominant feeling is just, I'm tired. You know, you're, mm-hmm. oh, you always come out of it and it's just like, you know, you put a lot into it, you know, both physically, you know, like it's a long work week. And then, you know, just emotionally and spiritually, you spend a lot of time thinking about it, praying about it, putting, you know, so much of yourself into it. And so there's kind of this arc of like you build up to it, you get under this like high of mm-hmm. of giving the message. And then, you know, afterwards, it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, <laughs> I'm like it's after like running a marathon or something. Um, I always kind of feel a little bit sick after mm. I preach because it's like one I don't have that strong of a voice, so my I just kind of get a sore throat. But two, I think my body is just in that full-on kind of come down, you know, from that adrenaline rush. But it is kind of like it, at the same time you're you're exhausted, but it is also this this kind of spurt of energy that's left over from preaching, and I think especially when. Um, you know, you give a message and, you, and you, overall you feel good about it. Like, mm. There are messages where it's just like, oh, man, that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't my best. <laughs> and that's just like, let me forget about this as soon as possible. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take a nap and move on to the next yeah, thing. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be a great message. But if you feel like, hey, I said what I wanted to say, you know, it connected with some people, you do feel this kind of it's hard to describe, right? This joy of, oh man, it was, it was good to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, like the phrase, you know, I always use is just, you just feel kind of that sense of being in in the midst of God's pleasure, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Okay. I I gave it what I got and I think it went okay. And you feel, yeah, you do feel that rush of just kind of joy Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. like a a job well done or a job done well enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, Definitely, I think that's kind of the, I think the contradiction you feel. A lot of times on Sundays, I'll go home and I'll I'll try to take a nap mm-hmm. and I won't be able to sleep because I'm kind of wired. Hmm, I yeah. kind of feel this, um, I don't know, this, this leftover energy that I can't quite shake. Also, for whatever reason, on Sunday afternoons, I have to pee like crazy <laughs> because I've been drinking all day and yeah. you're up on stage and you're holding it throughout the day. <laughs> so if I try to take a nap, I'll wake up like every yeah. 20 minutes like, oh, I got to pee again. Yeah. So that is true inside uh, <laughs> inside the mind and life of Brandon right that there. awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People have no idea how many times we run into each other in the bathroom <laughs> here at CBC. Between the two of us, if it's just the two of us here, we probably yeah. pee 20 times. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. 
<laughs> oh, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, it's amazing that 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 tension that goes back and forth of like days where it feels like this heavy burden and this responsibility mm-hmm. that we have uh, in giving a message, but then that moment where you recognize it's such a privilege, yeah, for to sure. get to do it too, you know. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for agreeing to preach next Sunday as well <laughs> so you get to do this whole thing all over again. Jump right back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting into the message, um, you talked about abundant joy. And to mm-hmm. wrap up the series that we've been talking about, what makes community work. And and I know it was kind of a, a challenging kind of topic and, and you had the main idea and the passage, but kind of going back and forth between what the scripture is saying, how it applies to us. But having just given that message now, you know, and, and I know you said you kind of felt good overall, but mm. kind of are there things now that in hindsight you go like, yeah, I, I want to reemphasize that. I think this is the, something I want to hit home again. Or is there anything you would want to add to it or kind of content wise how you feel? Yeah, I mean, that that actually is doing it fresh, I think, is a little harder than when you have a couple of days to process mm, through it. Right. Because mm-hmm, yeah. in this moment, I'm. I can, you know, you're barely separate from it, right? And like as a day goes by or two days go by, um, you think about it more. Um, but in the moment, I, I think as I was giving it, the part that um, I, I felt was like really rich for me, and I, and I felt like I, I hit it pretty hard, was just this whole idea of this, this picture of what God invites us to period in life, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I there's a different message there that's structured differently and and comes in a different series, you know, where you talk about a broader idea of what heaven is Mm -hmm. and what that means for life. And just even getting into really deep stuff like the kingdom of God already, but not yet. Mm -hmm. And how, um, this idea that heaven is not a future idea Mm -hmm. solely, right? Like, and that was something that I, I did realize almost right after was that I had that idea in my head, but I never actually communicated that clearly that that's not a biblical idea. You know, mm, that yeah. when John invites us wow. to life mm-hmm. or like eternal life, right? We think of, oh, that's for the future. Or when I go to heaven, that's something that I exp- experience when I die. And and kind of the idea that Jesus invites us to and that John really hits home mm-hmm. is eternal life starts now yeah. and continues into the afterlife but when we think about kind of what heaven is, when we think about that experience, like we're invited to it now. And mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that uh, we miss out on in a lot of ways, one of them is obviously community, which I talked about today. Mm-hmm. But even just how we approach everything we do, you know, mm-hmm. like kingdom life, kingdom mission, what matters, what we value. If we're just kind of in this waiting room, and, and heaven is later, then, you know, that's so different than like heaven is now. The life we're called to is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a really rich idea. And so I think it would have been tough to really dive into that, you know, w- with a larger, you know, context for community today. And that's the reason why I didn't. But man, I think it'd be a cool thing to talk about at yeah. some point, mm-hmm. you know, is just this whole picture of, you know, yeah, present versus future and, and how Jesus calls us to look at that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that was such a powerful point. And even hearing you talk about it again right now of just how easy it is to 
I don't even know if it's lose sight of it or just not even grasp that mm-hmm. to just assume heaven is later, uh, happiness is later, joy is later. Yeah. And, and kind of now it's just this trying to buy our time until we until we get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, other other than the fact that maybe some of us haven't been informed of that, mm-hmm. what are the challenge? What makes it so hard? to believe that, to actually experience that now rather yeah. than, than later? Well, I think like for one thing, I and mean, this is kind of a deep cut and it gets I, actually stuff that I'm studying for next Sunday mm. a little bit, but just the whole idea of the kingdom generally is that when you think about the inbreaking of the kingdom of God, which begins with Jesus, like from a physical, visible, the reality of what the world looks like, Mm -hmm. that's pretty hard to see, you know? So if you say to someone, man, heaven is here, (laughs) they're going to be like, where? You know know what I mean? Or, you know, the idea that like community, church community can be a taste of heaven or worship can be a taste of heaven. Mm -hmm. Just experientially, uh, that's, it's hard. We don't always see that. And I think we get glimpses of it. And so Mm -hmm. I think we can resonate with it a little bit, but it's not like it's just this easy thing Mm -hmm. that happens um, automatically. Another thing, and I was talking to, um, to Dan Lee about this after Mm. service and shout out to Dan, if if you're listening (laughs) to this, but just the idea of the way kind of Satan twists um, the good things of God and especially Mm. kind of our perception of heaven our perception of what joy and fun is, is that, you know, there's a lot of counterfeit heaven experiences in our world that offer us kind of all that stuff I was talking about with the, you Mm -hmm. know, like pleasure and fun that gives us that sensation on a very short-term basis, but is either just empty or actually bad for us. Mm. But we mistake kind of those experiences with what joy and yeah. fun and pleasure are supposed to be. And we lose sight of, I think the deeper fun joy that we're called to experience mm-hmm. that when we have it is really good. Yeah. You know, and when we have like a great communal experience, I think there's no doubting that this is better than, you know, this kind of fleeting worldly yeah. pleasure, but that other fleeting worldly pleasure is so much easier to get, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, there's so many ways, I mean, just, I don't know, from something as innocent as binge watching Netflix to, you know, drugs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's just it's it's at our fingertips, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas the joy and and heaven experience that Jesus calls us to takes work, you know, and we really have to put a lot into it. And so it is that choice to fight for the better version Mm -hmm. rather than just kind of settle for the lesser version. But that's hard. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. no judgment. That's hard for all of us for sure. Yeah. Yeah. As you're talking, I just think that would be such an awesome series to do something on that, right? The the actual joys that come with the kingdom versus the counterfeit ones and, yeah. and what that looks like. So, yeah, there's a bunch of, you know, when I do like the searching for different sermon series, mm-hmm. I look what other people are doing. That's a super trendy sermon topic these days. Oh, like, interesting. You know, heaven is here, or yeah. you know, like that kind of thing. And um, there's a song by Elevation Worship called "Heaven Is Here." Mm. And so, 
I think think it's an idea that people are drawn to. Yeah. And I think it's an it's actually a really good I think series that can be evangelistic and focused. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe we'll do that at some point yeah. because it it touches on again like the deep longings of our soul yeah. for joy and and, and fun and, mm-hmm. and pleasure in a you know, a healthy, good, godly way versus you know, you know, yeah. fleeting temporal way. Yeah, that'd be great to dig into that and do something like that eventually. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things I, I loved uh, in your talk was this distinction between church joy, which I <laughs> love that idea, and, and real joy. Right? Yeah. It was really fun as I was sitting there and, and you mentioned church joy and you kind of alluded to it a few times, mm-hmm. was kind of this like chuckle that I can hear <laughs> throughout the sanctuary, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people knew exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it was kind of this like uncomfortable laughter (laughs) that everyone can resonate with. Yeah. So I love that because I think that's such a, a real thing. Yeah. And yet it's such an obstacle, Mm -hmm. right. That prevents us from that real joy. So I thought, you know, one, like for you, like where do you even get, where did that idea come from? And kind of what, and just in general, where does that, where did that come from Mm -hmm. for, our church and I think Christians in general to kind of know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> it's funny, but yeah. it's sad yeah. too, right? Yeah. Like yeah. that we can relate to this fake joy or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. So kind of just, I'd love to hear just kind of what brought that to mind when you were preparing this message. And I know it's kind of a deep question. I don't know if you can answer, but like, yeah. where did that come from? Yeah. So, uh, man, I, I honestly don't remember what made me think of that phrase or, or how I came to that, it was kind of a late edition of the message, actually. It's the last part mm. I wrote as I was trying to figure out how to start this the, the message off. And, you know, I think I was trying to figure out that the nicest, cleanest way to kind of get at that perception that Christianity is lame. Mm. <laughs> you know, like honestly, yeah. you know, and, and that's something that people who are, outside the church a lot of people think but that i think carries over into Mm -hmm. you know church life and we still kind of think that we're a little bit embarrassed about church stuff with non-believers and Mm -hmm. i think some of it too comes from you know my experience as a youth pastor Mm. you know you're constantly fighting this battle between you know 80 percent of youth ministry is doing things that are fun (laughs) but you're constantly running up against the difference between what 16 year olds actually want to do mm-hmm. and convincing them that what they can do in church is 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 going to be fun and so you have to you have to have a pretty good feel for again what's church fun yeah versus real fun because a 16 year old can smell a lame version of fun yeah you know a mile away and so unfortunately as culture changes it's getting harder and harder to have real fun at church mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole different topic, <laughs> but so, yeah, I don't, I don't know what made me think of it in, in those terms exactly, but yeah, I think just that, that distinction came to mind, um, as to your question of why it exists, I think it, it does come down to, again, getting back to that whole issue of. I think this expansion, I mean, this has always existed, right? There's always been good fun and bad fun, Mm -hmm. healthy fun and unhealthy fun, holy fun and sinful fun. 
but I think, you know, as I think church has become, I think more connected to just everyday life, right? Like there is less of a discrepancy between sacred and secular. And there's this expectation, you know, that, that church life kind of mirrors real life. And so I, kind of the thing that came to mind, this is a long way of answering the question, but it made me throughout this message, I was thinking about uh, my experience leading the post-college group with Nick when mm. we were like 22 or 23. Mm-hmm. This was like my first kind of experience leading a ministry. Nick was kind of the lead guy, but I was helping him out. And it was formative for me. It was in the period where I was kind of processing through going into ministry. But that was an instance where we really leaned hard into, we're going to do real fun. Mm. We're not going to be a lame church group. We're going to do things that are cool, (laughs) you know, and, and that, and it actually got to the point where it went too far. You know, Mm. we would have our meetings at TGI Fridays, you know, at a, at a bar, you know, and we're just kind of hanging out and it turns out you, (laughs) you can have too much fun and you can you can miss all the other mm, stuff and mm. so you know you have to be careful but i do think that issue of if we have like if we veer too far into like this worldly picture of fun we might get in trouble and so i think what the church did is it pulled oh, way yeah. back mm-hmm. of like we can't even get close to that and i think this is something that really actually happened decades ago you yeah. know and that's why you have things like, again, I don't want to make this whole thing about yeah. drinking and alcohol and wine and beer, but I think that's why you have this kind of traditional view of alcohol in church. Mm-hmm. Like That's not a biblical thing. I don't yeah. mean to offend anyone, mm-hmm. but like shouldn't get drunk. That's very clear in scripture. Yeah. But there's nowhere where it's like you couldn't have a beer at church. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's something that we invented because we're scared of. Well, if we go too far into that, yeah, it can cross the line into worldly fun, yeah. bad fun. Yeah. And so we retreated in one direction and the world just ran off in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And now I think because of that, there became such a large discrepancy between yeah. what the church think thinks it's allowed to do to have fun and what people actually do to have fun. Mm-hmm. And so... I think kind of the idea, and again, this is all implied in the message, is like, look, you do have to be careful about that line. Yeah. Having done PCG, I've I've experienced that. But, you know, you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and mm-hmm. just say, well, we can't have any kind of fun that looks anything like what the world does because then there, there's good stuff in that too. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it is just this fear you know, of, you know, going too far, which just pushed us way in the other direction. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with the only way you can have fun at church is like, you know, a cheesy icebreaker or something. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and again, like I said, whether you're a 16 year old or a 50 year old, people can smell yeah, fun. That's not actually fun, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's my long answer. I'm sure there's a lot of other reasons yeah. why that's the case. But I do think like that line is, is hard to draw mm-hmm. and for better or for worse, we've drawn it 
pretty far over. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, you and I both know of churches and pastors where they've pushed back against that line and now, you know, maybe for our taste, they're a little too far towards that mm-hmm. worldly fun or, or whatever. And so everybody's got to decide what that is, Yeah, you know, and I think more traditional churches have pushed towards a more traditional conservative mm-hmm. line. Yeah. So, which is, I think we're kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that, that was great uh, because, you know, I just, you know, so much of your message was talking about that distinction between church joy, real joy. And so much of it was talking about this kind of this messianic beast, this picture of this party that, that God wants us to experience, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just think it's such a powerful picture Yet our notion of church joy can sabotage that completely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if we don't address that somehow and, and kind of figure out a healthy way to not be okay with church joy, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then that's going to taint our understanding of kind of this messianic party that God wants us to have. Right. Yeah. Cause you can read that scripture and talk about a feast, a banquet, a party. And if you assume church joy, you just envision this boring banquet, yeah. boring party. Potluck. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everyone's sitting around <laughs> like lame tables. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, I just think, you know, it's on one hand, it might seem like not that big of a deal to address, you know, like, but on the other hand, it's, it, I think it's huge. Yeah. Like for us as, as believers to figure out like, no, that's not okay. Like yeah. it's not okay that that we have this culture where we actually make that distinction that everyone thinks it's funny. Yeah. Because if that's how we see it, then of course people outside of the church are going to see that. Yeah. Even more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think it goes even into, and, and again, I, I didn't throw this into the message, but even if you look at the way the early church did church and even how they celebrated the Lord's supper versus how we do communion. Mm. Like for us, it's like this, procession walking up to these tables and we're all very serious we pick up our wine or our our juice and our cracker and it feels like a like a last rites at a funeral you know when you throw the flower (laughs) on the cat it's like okay let's all be very serious here but when you look at the new testament church it, it carried on that feast party tradition so much so that i've read places that you know one of the accusations made against um, early Christians was that they were having orgies. <laughs> they used to call them like love feasts. And they yeah. were like these big parties where, you know, people were drinking and having a good time and, and just having a blast. And, and the outsiders were like, what are those Christians mm-hmm. doing with these love feasts? Yeah. You know, like, it must be something weird. Yeah. So that's how, you know, and, and so they're pressing up against that line, but at the same time, the implication in the book of acts is like, that's a big part of what was like you said to non-believers that's appealing. Like again, the gospel itself has its own appeal. Mm -hmm. And so we don't want to make people, you know, come to church because it's fun. Yeah. But there has to be bridges, you know, between where you're at and, and coming to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think the new Testament church understood that. Um, And I think that's what, you know, in this passage that that God is inviting us to, and I saw, yeah, yeah. So for sure that church joy is a barrier, not just to what we experience, but I think it's a big reason why, you know, we're losing a lot of 
you know, influence and, mm. and winsomeness in the culture at large is just that gap yeah. between what we say is okay and what people just genuinely experience as fun. Mm-hmm. It's, it's widened so much. I mean, I mean, I think that all the time and I'm sure you do too. Yeah. It's like, look, aside from the transformative power of the gospel, why would somebody who doesn't know Jesus at all come to church? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it we do ever that would make sense to them to where they'd stay long enough to hear the message of Jesus? Yeah. And that's kind of scary. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, like, oh, well, our worship is awesome. And like, yeah, but if you don't love Jesus, how much are you going to enjoy singing about Jesus? And like, yeah. oh, well, we have these awesome messages, but if you don't care about the Bible... Why do you want to listen to that? And so t- to create an environment where people are allowed to have real fun and mm-hmm. we're not settling for church fun. Yeah. And and I think that's that's why small groups are great. One of the things that we're talking about is obviously church service is a great place to reach people, but a small group might actually be the most effective way because it's mm-hmm. a pretty accessible, you know, environment yeah. for people just to have fun. And mm-hmm. it, kind of get into that community element that I think is universally uh, enjoyable. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's good community, you mm-hmm. know, sitting around a campfire, right. It's just being with people in a good setting. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's so, and it's, you know, as I'm hearing you talk to you, right. And it's so important that, you know, we're not talking about manufactured fun, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it's who we are as people, as individuals that we have, we're wired in a way that there's things that bring us joy. Mm-hmm. There's things that we have fun doing, but yet when it comes to church, because of that fear, I think that you painted the fear of going too far mm-hmm. that can apply to everything. Yeah. We've kind of learned to just kind of tone it down on everything. Mm-hmm. And thus this version of ourselves that we bring and you talk about bring what you got mm-hmm. is almost like this like neutered down, like, <laughs> version of ourselves that doesn't exist anywhere else except church right so it's not about being fake and trying to have more fun than you really can yeah but it's almost like the opposite it's like being fake and not having the kind of fun that you normally do yeah yeah you know outside yeah yeah it's like you know I, i think that's one of the things that was cool about um our small group is that you know a lot of us have been in church for a long time and so I think I came into it with my kind of brain set on church joy, church fun mode and just expecting the status quo. But I think there were people in our group who that wasn't their experience. They were either new to being in a small group, new to church. And it was almost like, hey, well, there's like six families coming to hang out. Let's have fun the way we would always have fun. Mm -hmm. And I think actually having it be you know, people who were less quote unquote Christianized or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it just made it better. And you can still bring a ton of great biblical, you know, biblical communal elements into that. But the fact that, you know, you had people just kind of doing, like you said, bringing what was natural for them to bring and they hadn't learned, oh, there's supposed to be this filter, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, we're not supposed to do this or this or this. They just say, well, this is, I think what would be fun for us as a group and it was, I mean, it was eye-opening for me. I, I I didn't even realize how low my expectations were yeah. because of, I think, that church joy aspect. And so, 
I think it's been cool to learn from, yeah, th- those people in our small group. Who it's mm-hmm. like you guys are a lot more fun than I am, you know. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, of a lot of that is what I've trained myself to do in church community. Yeah, which is just a bummer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so I, in a lot of ways, you know, as we model, you know, small groups, you know, in a lot of ways after after what we've done, it's it's us as pastors learning from real people yeah. who know how to, you know be fun and, mm-hmm. and experience joy yeah and as you said earlier too right like because we've are holding back so much we've lost this connection with culture yeah and at the end of the day we we've lost our ability to connect with people right and i think that's the cost mm-hmm. when we they operate out of fear right this fear of like going too far the fear of messing up um, you shared it here and and you know i think you talk about it slightly with other people and i think it's a great place to talk about your small group, mm-hmm. you know, that you call Stone Community Group, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, you've talked about having beers together with the guys. And yeah. and I know we've talked about it behind the scenes, but I thought this would be a great time just to talk about the impact that's actually had on your group and how yeah. it's benefited that. To, so kind of like just unapologetically, not that you're apologetic about it, but just <laughs> unapologetically kind of talk about the last year and a half, two years, right? Yeah of kind of what that did for your group and how it has helped shape it to what it is now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of amazing because as a pastor, you do have to be a little bit careful saying, well, beer is one of the best parts of our small group, but it's true. And and I think Andy's a great, I was kind of implying this when I was talking in, in that last question is, you know, Andy's a great example of somebody bringing what he's got mm-hmm. yeah. and not having this filter of like, Oh, I can't obviously can't bring beer to a small group. I mean, I think he thought about it and mm-hmm. he was wise about it. Him and Tina talked about it, but it was kind of just as like, no, I think this would be fun. Mm-hmm. This would be good. And so, yeah, what it's kind of turned into is it's, it, it is a little bit of our version of the campfire mm. because, you know, it's like we, we get there, you know, we're, we're having dinner, we're having a meal together and, you know, all the guys will just, there's a cooler in the backyard. We'll go grab a beer. And then we kind of stand around the the Kajans, Conrad and Nancy have this island in their kitchen. Mm. And so the kids will be at the table or the kids will be running around. And the adults kind of stand around the table, just kind of eating. The guys are drinking beer. And it just gives us something to talk about. Mm-hmm. And you know this, and I, probably every guy who's listening knows this. is like, as guys, we want to talk. We want to connect. And there are moments when we do over parenting and faith and marriage and other Mm -hmm. stuff. But just to come and warm up by being like, how's your beer, man? Yeah. Oh, it's good. Like, tell me about it. Like, and then Andy, can you explain to me how, you know, what's the difference between an unfiltered and filtered Mm -hmm. IPA? And, you know, oh, what do you think of this one? And, oh, here, I'm going to pour a different one or this one for all you guys. Let's all try it together. It's, it's a very bonding experience, mm-hmm. you know, and I think for us, it's been something that, you know, in any small group, getting guys to be excited about going is hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for us, it's just been kind of that thing that, that breaks the ice and that we enjoy. And, you know, we've actually four or five times now, like we've gone out just the guys after church and you know gone to a couple breweries and and enjoyed time outside of small group Mm -hmm. 
with our guys and the girls haven't even done that you know it's <laughs> literally the guys in our small group they do complain do, about when you guys they do, that do yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know if you had told me two years ago that i was going to be doing more small group outside mm-hmm. of small group by choice yeah looking forward to it as much as i look forward to anything i would have told you you were crazy um but i do think you know, at least for us, I mean, it's it's been a a, a bonding thing, mm-hmm. and yeah, um, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, everything that's f- kind of come out of that, you know, has been better, right? Like that's mm-hmm. not the most important thing, mm-hmm. but it creates a context for us to be in relationship and to you know have you know deeper conversations, yeah. and so it's just one of those things that. I think, you know, we want to be careful about because in the wrong setting, you know, that could get out of hand, you know, and, mm-hmm. and we don't want to create a culture where, you know, where, where that can happen. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, we want to be mm-hmm. aware of like the fear of that Yeah. can't prevent us from, you know, doing something good mm-hmm. and, and doing something that, look, at the end of the day, I don't feel like, I, I feel like we're on solid ground biblically theologically morally mm-hmm. in what we're doing um and i think the payoff is incredible yeah you know and i think what that small group has been to try to imagine it without that is is actually weirdly yeah kind of sad mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah no i think it's so important that we see right like there is the risk of going too far we understand mm-hmm. that yeah but there is a risk of just having church joy yeah and as leaders who are leading groups, as people who are in part of groups, we have to navigate that, right? And I think if we just focus on the fear of going too far, we forget that there's also a cost of having no fun, no joy at all, Yeah, right? And ultimately people come in and not even being able to be who they are, not being able to share things that they enjoy doing. And thus there is no basis for having a good time because you've basically cut all those things and removed them from that one meeting space. Yeah. The only time in your life we all come together and push all those things aside, right? Is your small group. And yeah. that's the tragedy of doing that. Well, I just thought, you know, I wanted you to share about that because I know that story and I, I see how much of an impact it's made. And part of, you know, and we've talked before, part of why your group I think was able to do that was one, you know, you and Nick both being pastors, yeah. right? Uh, Tina and Steph being on staff that you felt you had the permission to make decisions, right? Right. You had to wrestle through things and and in those conversations in the prayer, like saying like, you know what? Like, I think it's okay for us and it'd be healthy for us to take that risk. Mm -hmm. There may be leaders who are in a position where they, I think, yeah, nobody wants just church joy, right? (laughs) They want to have fun. They want to have joy, but they're not sure, right? what, What can we do? Like kind of speak to them and kind of encourage them through maybe the, the, the steps, the thought process, and being able to kind of land on their own thing. Yeah. Right? Because maybe, you know, like, yeah, I'd hate for people to be like, let's do beer because they do beer. Right. You missed the whole point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I think you didn't really share it. I think you alluded to it, but so many of the men in your group, there's a common bond, this genuine interest and enjoyment of craft beers and, and the things that Andy likes. So it's not just the beer for the sake of being beer, but yeah. it's you know, that whole thing. Right. So mm-hmm. kind of speak to that leader or speak to those people in the groups 
who are kind of going, I want something like that for yeah. us. Like, what's the thought process that maybe they should walk through to be able to discern what that might be for them? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, like at this point, I'm not totally sure. Mm-hmm. I, I do think finding, you know, it is a little bit of lightning in a bottle, you know, at least for our group that, you know, like, I mean, and at this point, actually, like not even everybody in the, the all the guys in the group drink anymore. Mm. Actually, just just Nick. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. that's Nick. For dietary reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I mean, it was kind of amazing that, I guess it's not amazing that six guys wanted to drink beer, seven <laughs> guys wanted to drink beer. But I think the way it captured something for us was, you know, for lack of a better term, I've you know, it was a God thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think for every group to discover that is, it, it is hard, you know? And mm-hmm. I think, I think one thing to recognize is you're not, you're not going to get everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to find something that everyone in your group just loves doing. And, and, you know, for our group, 50% of the people in our group, you know, don't enjoy that at all, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. And that's, and you know, they've kind of had to find their, their own way of connecting. And, um, and so I think to, first of all, to not get lost in, is is everybody going to like this? Mm, like if I bring a bottle of wine, if I cook a bunch of food, if I bring Mm. a board game, you know, not everybody's going to enjoy that. And And I think like, but just the idea, I think of being willing to try something mm-hmm. is good. And as far as like the question of, well, well, not going too far. I think the beauty of community is you can make those mistakes together. Mm. You know, like, like, look, like if we had had an instance where, you know, like, look, worst case scenario, somebody in our group gets super drunk. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's something that's happening in their life anyway. And now mm. it's a conversation that we're having together. Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't really do us any good if that person is just going off and getting drunk at home by themselves mm-hmm. and then pretending to not be that person at small mm-hmm. group. And so look, that's not great. Like we don't want yeah. people getting drunk at small group. We have kids there and that's that's not a good thing. But the reality is look, like we walk through life together and that's not the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm, you know, yeah. being sinful in community is part of doing life together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a silly fear, right? Well, what if we do something sinful at church? Yeah. But we probably should yeah. because that's real and that's our life. And um, I, I think it's important to be willing to have those dialogues. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of funny. I mean, this is a, a little longer story, but, you know, for a long time, uh, in my in my twenties, I didn't drink at all. Like mm-hmm. I had given it up completely, and I was convinced that I was I wasn't gonna drink anymore. Mm. And especially when I had kids, it's like I'm never gonna have a beer in front mm-hmm. of my kids. And at one point, my best friend Josh just kind of said like, "Hey, why?" And I said, "Well, because like I I don't want them to think that's okay." And he's like, "Well, isn't it better that?" they know you do that and that they can talk to you about it and you can have conversations about it. You can have their first beer with them that they're not kind of just 
hiding that part of their life with them. Like mm. he said, do you really think your kids are never going to have a beer yeah. that if you don't have one that guarantees they won't? All that means is they're going to be like, well, dad doesn't understand. Yeah. And he was like, look, like do whatever you want, but just, just food for thought. Yeah. And that just kind of got me thinking. And, and then as, you know, I came to appreciate, you know, craft beer and that whole thing. I realized like, look, that's, that's legit. That's true. You know, and it's mm-hmm. something that my kids have watched me have a beer in moderation and mm-hmm. we talk about it and, and we're going to continue to talk about that. And I think that same thing just applies for community yeah. in general. Like what's better that we pretend this thing isn't there and mm-hmm. we ignore a real issue or that if it's going to happen, we walk with people in that. Mm-hmm. And so I would say again, just the fear of something bad happening or, or us being bad. I don't, uh, you know, it's like, what is even the fear of worst case scenario? Somebody takes something too far. Yeah. Like, I don't even know. Like, I mean, uh, if you're listening to this right now, like try to put that into words, mm-hmm. like, why would that be bad? You know, we, we sin and we struggle and the benefit of it is we walk through it together. Yeah. And so I think again, you know, going back to the fear thing is, I'm not sure what we're afraid of and, and I'm positive of what we're giving up mm-hmm. by uh, giving into that fear. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, that's so helpful. And I think addressing that, right. I think to really look at that fear mm-hmm. and to ask ourselves, like, is that a, a valid reason to not take a risk yeah. to experience the joys that we all experience outside a small group anyways, you know, and, and it almost, it's tied directly to the authenticity, the, the, the openness of, of being who you are. Yeah. Right. So we always think of authenticity and openness in terms of sharing your sins mm-hmm. and that applies, but how about sharing your joys? How about yeah. sharing the things that, that just you love to do that might seem weird to everybody else, but you like it Yeah. and to, to bring it and to yeah. just see what happens. And I think just that in and of itself would be a huge step. Yeah. If each person kind of came with what they had in terms of this is what I enjoy. And I want to invite you guys to share in this with me. And mm-hmm. maybe nobody wants to, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they yeah. love you and they go, hey, man, we love you, but that ain't for <laughs> us. And that's okay. And being okay with that in community yeah. and just, you know, being affirmed and receive that. But you just never know, right? Yeah. Of, of one person like an Andy who brings what he has. Yeah. And shares it. And, and that being something that now everybody enjoys, right? And I think mm-hmm. that just being willing to take those risks and I think being in recognizing just the importance of that. Right. And thinking of the cost of what happens when we never take risks and we try to just keep it sterile and just keep it plain. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it'd be, it, it's going to be great. I think just for groups to begin to navigate that, yeah. to address that fear and then just to discern together yeah. as a community group, you guys discern. Yeah. You know, whether this is something that, Hey, is the Bible say it's okay? Does the Bible say it's wrong? Mm-hmm. You know, talk to other people, get counsel. And at the end of the day, you feel like this is kind of, this is just, it doesn't define us, mm-hmm. but it's something that brings an, an element that makes us unique. Yeah. Makes this community group fun. And it's something I look forward to. And it's something that just helps bring us together and enjoy one another at a deeper level. Like, go for it. Yeah. Right. Go yeah. for it. And I think we would tell our leaders that, and I'm sure we will come training time Yeah, of like, take those risks, you know, for your group and, and don't be afraid to, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes. 
Yeah. Yeah. I just love that idea that like at some point we're going to ask small groups to have this question like, guys, how do we want to have fun? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and that that would be an important question. And again, it's going to vary for everyone, but that we would say, look, like you need to think about this. This is important to the life of your group, just as important as what are we going to study and Mm -hmm. you know, where are we going to meet? How long, but but what makes this fun for us? Mm -hmm. And man, to explore that. And again, like you said, and like we've been hinting at, like, doesn't have to be beer it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. alcohol it doesn't have to be something that you know you're towing the line on you know is this okay Mm -hmm. it could be it could be anything anything yeah but i think that idea again yeah people just yeah and and i think it's important to note too you know even with our small group like beer like super you know impactful but you know there are other people you know bringing what they've got you know we've Mm. had you know week to week we're at the kajan's house and they're hosting and we never asked them to do this. People are bringing over food, but you got Nancy in the kitchen, you know, baking us up, you know, little cheese breads and, Dang. you know, cooking different things for us. And, you know, again, they didn't have to do that, but it's really nice. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it adds to the environment. And, you know, there are just a lot of different ways where, you know, people have contributed so much mm-hmm. and, you know, it might not be as, noticeable you know as as beer but i think when people come with that attitude and you know it, it's it, it makes a big difference mm-hmm. yeah. yeah 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 i mean kind of as we're kind of wrapping up we were talking to you during the week and you know i think people don't need to be convinced that fun is a good thing right we, right. we kind of talked about that but i think i i loved how you just painted a picture and i think you set the bar higher you know, that what was made clear is like, you know what? Like when you think about small groups, don't set the bar so low. Yeah. You know, like you do yourself a disservice. You do everyone else a disservice if you just assume and expect something dry and boring. Yeah. You know, like if that's what you want and that's you, God <laughs> bless you for yeah. that, right? Yeah. But God doesn't want that for you. Right. Right. And... I know 99.9% of us don't want that for ourselves, right? And I think to come with an anticipation and expectation, like, no, this this is a place where we come together, we bring our joys, we grow closer to each other, we get to know Jesus. Like, what can be more joyous than mm-hmm. this, right? Yeah. And I think it's looking at Jesus for who he is and being able to do that in the discipleship process, but I think bringing our whole selves to the table and being able to take those risks and, and share those things with one another. Yeah. So I, I loved how you did that as past today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, just in our own discussions about, you know, having a unique identity as a church, you know, and I think, I mean, it can be a lot of things, but I do think this is one of those things that has the potential to become that, you mm-hmm. know, like, like we're going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, unashamedly, like we're going to invest in community. And if you go to one of CBC small groups, it's not going to be lame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah. how good of a legacy is that? And then, you know, to be able to have small groups where you would want to invite your non-believing mm-hmm. friends, yeah. you would think like, man, if someone came to this, they would think church was, was really fun. Yeah. And they would think 
God is, you know, they would have a more positive picture of who God is Mm -hmm. from coming to our small groups. Yeah. It's sad how unique that would be on the church landscape today, but I think it would be. Mm -hmm. And so I think for us to lean into that and push that is, is exciting to think about. So, yeah. 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 That's going to be great. You know, just to close, you know, because I can assume there may be some who are listening to us and heard this entire, heard the message, heard this conversation. And, you know, they're a little bit skeptical. I'm like, oh, they just want to be fun, you know, and everything's about fun, fun, fun. And maybe because their experience hasn't ever mm-hmm. been that, right? Yeah. And they just feel like, oh, now we just got to manufacture this whole thing to get people to come. And it's all going to be... But I think a lot of it comes from their own personal experience, right? Yeah. Of like, how can that be true? And if this is true, then what have I been experienced, right? Yeah. Speak to that person, you know, who who may be skeptical, who just because of their experiences, not because they're trying to be, you know, defiant. Mm-hmm. I think speak to that person, encourage that person. Um, what would you say to that? I mean, I feel like for anyone who's, you know, been in church for a long time. They have to understand, I think, the value of of, of joy, mm-hmm. right? And whether it looks like the way we're describing or not, my question would be, you know, how have you been impacted by joyful moments, by moments of genuine connection with people, by moments of genuine connection with God? Um, and, and I think anyone would be willing to admit that that's that's really important Mm -hmm. and what i think we're saying isn't that your experience has been wrong but we just don't want to make people work so hard for it Mm -hmm. and and i think in the past you know if if you don't have that expectation you know you're going to have that by accident you know Mm -hmm. because god is good god is joyful god is fun you're going to stumble on it somehow Mm -hmm. and we're just saying like let's just bring that into the light and you know and and go for it yeah so i mean i would i I would just say you know it's the other things and i I think probably that person too is thinking but what about this yeah yeah you know it's like you guys are talking about fun and but what about you know again reading the bible what about Mm. prayer what about evangelism Mm -hmm. and you know this is what i said in the message and i I think it's so true Mm -hmm. is every single one of those things you could think of would be better if it was fun Mm-hmm. would yeah. be better if there was joy attached to yeah. it and i think again the, the the biblical witness is those things should all be done with joy mm-hmm. and they're better for us and they're better for the kingdom yeah. and they're better for non-believers if they're that way yeah. so dude yeah. that's awesome answer yeah <laughs> and i think we kind of addressed all ends of the spectrum yeah you know those who want it those who might be skeptical i did in the message i shared it here today so yeah is there anything you want to add on anything that I know you've spoken a lot today, <laughs> yeah. but can anything you want to add before we wrap up our time? No, no, no. Let's, let's be a fun church. <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right, Brandon. Well, thanks for, thanks for being here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All fun. right. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Thanks for listening.